you all here today, uh, Father's Day. My name is Randy Bell, my wife Lori and I, and my mother have been uh, partners here for about six years, and as you've already learned, <clears throat> Pastor David is in New Mexico ahead of the youth who are on the van headed that direction today, so keep Pastor David and the, the volunteers as well as the youth in your prayers this week. So I don't know why you're here today. There's a good reason for it, I'm certain. Maybe you're exploring the faith of your childhood. Maybe you don't have faith at all, and you're here for, for a good reason. As you uh, listen for God's Word today, I want you just to pay attention to where He might be speaking to you. So, if you would, let's pray. Lord Jesus, in the silence of this moment, May your Holy Spirit speak to us in a bold and a mighty way. And work your will in our lives. Amen. <clears throat> so whenever <clears throat> David asked me to speak uh, because he was going to be gone, I didn't realize it was Father's Day a couple of months back. So this is uh, an opportunity for me to talk to you about fathers and even being a grandfather. Let me back up. Laurie and I, uh, my wife, we met uh, when I was 15 in biology class, and we married at the ripe old age of 19, some of you might remember. <laughs> and so, you know, being married at 19, you have uh, a lot of priorities in your young married life, right? Yourselves. What are we going to watch on TV? What movie will we see? Uh, where, what trip will we take? Um, will we go eat out? What will we do with our extra $50? Remember in, in 77, $50, Jen, was a lot of money. <clears throat> and then in our... It, it still is, okay. <clears throat> Agree. So then in time, and for Laurie and I, kids came along in our mid-20s. Suddenly our priorities were not what's on TV, not when we went to bed, nor when we got up. Some of you new parents could attest to that. Even if we went to the movies, and if you travel now with young ones, Joy, uh, it's an ordeal, right? You bring half the house with you because of whatever might happen. So, suddenly our lives have changed. Our priorities have changed from what it was when we were Without kids, now we have kids. And so that little bundle of joy over in the corner is suddenly part of our life. And will be, I would tell you, forevermore. And so, as they start growing, and dads, if you're like me, you start seeing pitfalls, you start seeing dangers in the world, because we do live sometimes in a cruel world. So we start trying to figure out ways to shelter them, protect them. And all the while, while we've been trying to keep them fed and watered as they grow, and even when they get sick, you, and you start learning about pharmacies and pediatricians and that extra $50 that went away, Jen, you also start thinking about, what am I going to teach my kids? 
and my girls are in the audience today, so <clears throat> they will be part of this sermon because for a Father's Day sermon, it must be that way. <laughs> Thanks for being here, girls. So whenever you start looking for teachable moments with your kids, and as, as your kids grow, you'll see this happen. I'm just curious, what lens is it that you teach your kids by? How do you view the world? Is it, is it material things that won't last? Or is it things, matters of faith, that have lasting eternal value? And for me, that's what was important to me. And so I started, as the, as the kids would grow, and trying to find teachable moments in where I might interject how God might be speaking in that moment. And if you look at what God has to say, there's a lot of scripture about teaching your kids the way they should go, right? About teaching them when you're sitting in the house and when you're walking down the lane, when you're rising, when you're sitting, teach them, teach them. And so that's been some of what I've been doing. But as time would go, uh, you, you have to be thinking about what it is that you're modeling for your kids that has lasting eternal value. If we look at some other scripture, there was a guy named Paul, and he used to be a missionary, and his first mission, some of you may remember, was against the church. His mission was to destroy the church, kill the Christians. Then Jesus got a hold of him on the road to Damascus one day and changed his mission. And as part of what Paul became was a very, very prolific writer in the New Testament. And in the book of Ephesians, one of his missionary points, he wrote a, a, an epistle, that we'll call it, to the people of Ephesus. And if you'll read with me on, on the screen, you'll see this prayer that became my prayer for my kids. Would you read this out loud with me? When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. And you complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power, wickedness, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. So, having two beautiful daughters suddenly in my house, this became my prayer for my kids and for my family. That uh, it was a, a prayer that would guide them, that would guide me to help guide them. And whenever you look at this, and, and when you see that your priorities might be beginning to change, and as your kids grow, 
and experience life, then you, you also grow in your faith as they grow up. And this prayer became my prayer for the family, and every word of it resonated then, when they were young, and it still does today. So let's look at some parts of this prayer. Let's look at verses 14 and 15. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. That's when is the last time you fell on your knees before the creator of the world, our holy God, on behalf of your kids and your family? I want you to just let that sink in a moment. When is the last time? You know, Laurie and I went to visit a friend of ours who has been keeping vigil over his son for now about five weeks. We visited him in ICU, and he's waiting on a liver. And he needs to have this liver because he cannot live without a new one, but he can't get well enough with his old one to get on the transplant list. So as we visited with our friend for over an hour... And listen to him talk about his son in his early days and the things he did, the things he liked, his successes, his failures in some ways, his job, all the things about his son. Before we left that day, I told him, I said, we want to make sure and pray with you. So he said, absolutely. So we, we jumped up, he grabbed his son's hand, grabbed my hand, and I grabbed Laurie's hand. And I thought I might be the one to pray, but it was not me. It was this dad praying over his son. Now, whenever you think about this, think of Jesus in the garden praying to the Father, praying that the cup would pass. That was this father's same prayer. He began by saying, I always pray your will be done. But in this case, Father, please, if it be your will, let it pass. But if not, may your will be done. Now, what a hard prayer. Right? What a hard prayer. Fathers, when's the last time you've been on your knees or in any other posture of prayer on behalf of your kids and your family? Let's move to the next slide. Verses 16 and 17. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. This is the part of the prayer that I used to pray for my girls, that they would come to know Christ, that he would make his home in their heart, that the roots of the Holy Spirit would grow into them and then further into God's love so they might truly understand how much he loves them. As Laura and I were leaving the ICU room, uh, we got lost. Anybody ever been lost in a hospital? <laughs> yeah, Chris, yes, yes, okay. Uh, guys, it's Father's Day. We don't ask for directions, right? <laughs> got it. So we wandered around. And if you've ever wandered around in a hospital, all the wings look the same. All the nurses don't look the same, but they're wearing the same uniform, right? So suddenly everything starts to just get crazy. Until we finally found an elevator. 
and found our way down to the main floor. So things were looking up. But I'll just be frank, I really had to find a bathroom. And so I, we've soon, we went out, to the, out the main doors and, and I saw it. There's the bathroom. And I noticed this guy pushing another older gentleman in, in a wheelchair. And he stopped right before I was going in. Now, this guy that was pushing a wheelchair, y'all been in these restrooms that have no doors. They've just got a curved way. Well, he was hanging on to both sides of the wall, moving about this fast, <laughs> wincing with every step. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, doesn't this fellow know? I just backed up and let him find his way in. And I asked him, I said, are you okay? He said, I just had back surgery three days ago on my disc. I said, oh, man, you're doing great. He said, by the grace of God. I said, absolutely. Have you ever been in a place where people just start talking? I find myself there sometimes, or or a lot, Laurie would say. (laughs) Sorry, dear. So here, here we are, me and this, my new friend. And it's starting to get clear why God confused us and made us get lost so we would meet at this time. <clears throat> Here's a guy. I learned his name was Miguel. We just, we'd never met before. And Miguel says, by the grace of God, I'm able to do what I'm doing. And he said, but you, and he just started talking. He said, you know, my girlfriend said she hoped I would die on the operating table. I said, you know, that's not good. He, I said, I don't think you need her. He said, I agree. <laughs> so we're making progress here, <clears throat> me and Miguel. And uh, then he kept talking. I kept hearing this music come out. He had on baggy shorts and tattoos and piercings and, and this music coming out of this pocket. And... Then he kept talking. He said, you know, was, while I was incarcerated, my two boys were put into foster care, and they both were abused, and they both committed suicide. And the music you're hearing is one of them's favorite songs. So he said, that's what, I said, sounds great to me. And, and finally he said, you know, when I, when I was in prison, he said, I found one book. It was the Bible. And he said, by the grace of God, I'm standing here. And he quoted 2 Corinthians 5.17. Y'all know what that is? The summary, being born again. You're a new person. If you're a new person in Christ, the old life is gone. The new life is here. Here stood a guy. Had lost his family. Has a bad girlfriend. Right? Could barely walk. And still he's praising God. Because he said, you know, I can't. God is so good. and, and, And I still can get to go out. And help my dad who's in a wheelchair. So when you see somebody pushing somebody else in a wheelchair, you, you assume things but don't. You don't ever know what you're going to find in the restroom, right? <laughs> God can work in the restrooms. Okay, let's move on. Uh, verse 18, yes, 18 and 19. And you may have the power to understand. As all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. What an awesome 
privilege, responsibility it is as fathers that we have to provide for our kids. One of the young people earlier talked about that. To provide shelter for them. Uh, to be their advocate. To be their first line of defense. Um, to be the, the one that protects them. Uh, one time, I'll, just, I'll tell a quick story. <clears throat> one time I got a call from our oldest daughter. And remember guys, we're supposed to protect. Right? Provide. And I could hear, she was on the cell phone, and I could hear this. She said, Dad, I think I'm, I think I'm having a flat. And I said, yeah, I think you are. You are having a flat. And I said, where are you? And she told me, and I said, well, then the closest place you can go would be the shade tree, and this is a beer joint. So I'm directing my daughter to go to the beer joint. <laughs> there was no other place. So I get there as fast as I can, and I'm under the truck trying to get the tire out, and and we've drawn an audience. And some of those people had been there a while. (laughs) They had all kinds of advice. Then my cell phone rings, and it's my other daughter, Kelly. She's had a wreck. And so I'm laying under the truck trying to work with this spare tire with an audience, and my other daughter says, uh... I got the brake confused with the gas, I think is what it was. Anyway, the, the point of it is, here I am. How are you going to provide, guys? How are you going to protect when you're in these kind of situations? It's through strong, solid foundations that you develop at home every day in teachable moments. When you think about modeling and teaching, you know, one, here recently we were at College Station visiting the kids, and they're members of the uh, Christ United Methodist Church there. And we were ending service one day, and m- one of my favorite son-in-laws, Brent, is here. I have two. They're both here. <clears throat> After service was over, then he went over and sought out the pastor over that big sanctuary, shook his hand, told him it was a great sermon, great word, whatever, and then right behind him immediately is my grandson, Kate, who did the same. Did he have to say anything at all? He, he had said it all, hadn't he? He had modeled for his son. I don't think it gets any better. So when we talk about modeling and teaching, dads, we know we can't do it all. You just can't. And those that don't know Christ and don't have Christ to fall back on, I I feel for you because it's tough. So let's pull up this last slide and talk about verses 20 through 21. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. You know, one time I was asked to uh, give a, a, a talk here about 
It was at the daddy-daughter dance, I think it was a couple years ago. <clears throat> and I wasn't real sure where to start. I mean, what, what do you do? So I emailed my two girls, what better source? And here's the emails they sent me. So sorry if I hadn't uh, cleared this with you, but here we go. <laughs> here's what my daughters told me. Tell them your dad is the best role model you could ever have. Great start. He will protect you, stand up for you, and love you unconditionally. He is the closest thing to having God here on earth. Oof, don't know about that. He's full of wisdom, even when you think he knows nothing, like during your teen years. <laughs> Remember when he tells you no, he's protecting you. He knows what's best for you always. My dad stepped in and was my date to events when no one else asked me. He made me feel special growing up. <clears throat> he still does. He has always been and always will be the one person I look up to the most. He handles life with so much grace and wisdom. Cling tight to your daddy. He loves you more than you'll ever know. And there's nothing like the bond between a daddy and a daughter. And then she says, does that help? It's like, <laughs> no kidding. So, Amber, thanks for that. And then Kelly chimes in and says, I agree with everything Amber said. Well, <laughs> good job. Way to go. Yeah. So, in addition, she says, the things your dad tells you might not make sense, but one day they will. <laughs> When your dad is trying to push you out of your comfort zone, it's because he sees something in you that you haven't discovered yet. Don't get frustrated when he's lecturing you. <laughs> it's all for your own good, uh, clearly. Write down the analogies he uses because one day they will all make sense <laughs> and have deeper meaning. <laughs> when you don't have a date, ask your dad. So I've been on some dates, guys. Cherish every minute you have with your dad because you will grow up one day and not see him as much as you used to. That's how it goes. If your dad doesn't like who you're dating, there's probably a good reason. <laughs> know that you can call him anytime, no matter what. And then she too says, hope this helps. Well, absolutely. Girls, thanks so much for that. So as you, as you think about how God works in our lives, I didn't tell you, I was, have been really blessed by knowing three of my great-grandfathers in my life. Both my maternal and paternal grandfather, one of which was a Methodist pastor for 35 years. And the other one was a farmer and a fisherman and a great outdoorsman. So I've learned a lot from both of those guys. I knew my dad for almost 50 years. And with all of this fatherly love, I've seen results of good decisions, bad decisions, consequences on family, and, but how to be a spiritual leader in your family. And my dad passed about 10 years ago, I guess, and I couldn't bring myself to give a eulogy, so I wrote stuff down for what I hoped the pastor would read, and I'll just briefly tell you what. I've told him. We learned a great deal about life from Dad. We, we learned to love the outdoors. We learned how to provide for and care for others. 
We learned kindness, unconditional love. We learned about the struggles of life and saw grace and mercy in action. We observed compassion in spite of adversity. We learned that faith in God is personal choice that holds eternal consequences. We learned that love can be expressed in many ways and can touch people at the deepest level of their souls. We learned how to see the best in people as they struggled with this thing called life. We learned that honesty, integrity, and a man's word were sometimes all we have. Finally, we learned one of the most important things about life, which is others. So we would strive to further my dad's legacy by emulating the things we've learned about life. And our success will be judged by the influence we have on others. So <clears throat> yesterday, being as it was Father's Day weekend, our two grandsons showed up with their mom and dad. Well, they brought presents for me. And I couldn't get them in the sermon quick enough to, to make, uh, make slides of them. This is from Cole, age four. This is the best strawberry I think I've ever seen, right? <laughs> this is from Cade, and this is from last year when he was six. And then this year's present, I always tell them when I leave them, God loves you and I love you. And he just said, well, I think I'll just make this for you. And it says, God and Jesus loves everyone. So if you've ever wanted to know what God or Jesus looks like, see me after the sermon. Because <laughs> here it is. So whenever you look at what's your our greatest task, guys... You know, I was doing a, uh, working through a devotional once, and I saw where some kids were asked to define faith. You know, we know faith scripturally as being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we don't see in Hebrews. These kids defined it. There was three boys. One of them said, I know what it is. Grab hold of Jesus. Another one says, no, 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 it's, it's more than grabbing hold, it's, it's hanging on, hang on. And the third one said, no, it's more than that, it's never letting go. Don't let him go. So let's go to the next slide. To fulfill our task. Let's evaluate the condition of our heart, guys. If you're not a Christian today, and you feel that strange warming of your heart, then I invite you. Grab a hold of Jesus. Hang on. Don't let him go, because you can't give what you don't have. The next thing, guys. Fall on our knees in prayer. Pray for your family. Pray that Christ will make his home in their hearts, right? To have roots that sink deep into the love of God. Model love that confounds and confuses the world. 
Pray the Holy Spirit will work in our lives and the lives of our family. So let's go to the last slide. So finally, what's our greatest task? I wish I'd have took a poll before we started to say what you think it is. This is what I think it is. Teach your kids and your family how to grab hold of Jesus because he's working in the ICU room, in the bathroom, right? Hang on to him. He's working in the lives of kids that write nice things about their dad. Never let go of Jesus. He's working in the lives of a dad that models for his son that has great artistic ability. So, in closing, I would just say that God can do anything he wants. He can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.